Hey, my name is Zach. I'm the lead pastor here at Restore. And at our church, we talk a lot about wanting to be a part of restoring faith in Jesus and the church. So we want you to know, wherever you find yourself on your spiritual journey, whether you're deconstructing or reconstructing, whether you're disentangling, doubting, rebuilding, no matter where you are, we want you to know that you are not alone. And we want to be a support for you as you journey down this road of faith. So if you have questions or you need support, we would love to chat with you. You can reach out to us through our website at restoreaustin.org. And we hope you enjoy this week's message. Amen. Amen. If you are happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning, will you do me a favor and just give God a hand clap of praise? Amen. Now listen, 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 listen. Now, I know we can do a little bit better than that. I know some of y'all was watching the Astros and your favorite sports team. God has been so good to us, y'all. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Not your favorite sports team, but the one who's been here before been here, God here, the one who woke you up this morning and started you on your way. That's the God that I came to celebrate this morning. Amen. 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 I am um, Baptist by training. That's in my DNA, so I got to get my formalities out of the way. Of course, I give all the praise and honor to God, who is the head of my life, to my dear brother and friend, Pastor Zach and his beautiful wife, Amy, and to your children. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity and to allow me to stand before Restore Austin. To each of you, my father's children, I'm excited to be here, y'all. I'm excited. I'm excited. As uh, Pastor Zach has shared, I do a co-pastor with my husband, Dr. Brock, the Message Church. And I'm so grateful I have some messengers in the house. Love y'all. Thank y'all for coming down 35 with me. They like me, y'all. They like me. They love me. <laughs> amen. Amen. But there is a word from the Lord this morning. So I'm going to ask if you can just join me with a quick, for a quick word of prayer, and then we're going to get right to it. Amen. Our Lord and our God, you are our strength and our redeemer. Thank you for this opportunity to gather as servants, as children, as your greatest creation. Thank you, dear God, that our identity is not tied up in what we own, what we have, but God, it is reliant upon our relationship with you. So Lord, allow someone to walk out of here today knowing that they're more than enough, knowing that it doesn't matter what other people say as long as you have given validation. That's all that matters, God. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. For it is in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus we pray. All that believe it say amen. Amen. I'm gonna be honest. I'm used to people talking back to me. So if y'all can, if you want to laugh, if you want to clap, if you want to stand up, say hallelujah, preach, help me out, y'all. Help me out, okay? <laughs> amen, amen. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> amen. So my text this morning is Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, the New Living Translation. And the Word of God reads, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. And this is where verse 10, I get super excited. For we are God's masterpiece. Somebody say masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do all the good things 
good things, y'all. He planned for us long ago. I want to read just verse 10, the very part. For we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. For the few moments that you and I are going to spend in hopefully some conversation this morning, I would tag my text, you are a piece of work. <laughs> Can you look at your neighbor if you're comfortable? Will you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are a piece of work. Okay, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I know it's probably a little weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look at me and say, Dr. K, I am a piece of work. All right, go with me. I promise I'm going somewhere with you. I promise. I promise. February 11, 2018, y'all, that was a day that changed my life forever. On this day, I was ordained in preparation for the launch of the Message Church. See, prior to my ordination service, I had recently had my daughter. She was going to be a year old, and I was also in treatment for postpartum depression. But here I am. It's the day of my ordination, and my dear sister, mentor, sister friend, Reverend Dr. Rochelle White of Grand Rapids, Michigan, called me, y'all, during her sermon, a piece of work. Now, having heard this term before in less than favorable context, I anxiously awaited to see how my dear sister friend and mentor was going to break this thing down. I had told her my struggles. I told her what I was going through. And I said, how is my sister girl going to put me on front street saying, I'm a piece of work? But y'all, can I tell you that it was during her sermonic sermon, during that time, during her sermon, and knowing the care and the craft that she takes in crafting a sermon, she publicly affirmed and reminded me of my purpose as God's masterpiece. Fast forward to November 5th, 2022 here in Austin, Texas. I'm giving you the same charge given to me almost five years ago. More than ever in a time when people, black and brown bodies are being desecrated. Money is more important. Government is taking, uh, making decisions about bodies and anxiety is at an all-time high. I am here on assignment to remind you, you are remarkable. You are awesome. You are intelligent. You are one of a kind. You are magnificent. You are gifted. You are talented. You are so much more than the balance or the lack thereof in your bank account. You, my child of God, are more than enough. It's not about the number of followers you have on social media. It's not about the number of people that retweet your tweet. Today is about you knowing who you are and whose you are. And by the time I end this after this morning, I want you to be able to walk out of here being in a place where everyone has a place at Jesus' table. I want you to know that you are a piece of work because you are God's masterpiece. As you take a closer look at Ephesians chapter 2, we see the Apostle Paul addressing the churches at Ephesus. I don't want to take it for granted that everyone knows who the Apostle Paul is. Paul went from being a persecutor of Christians to being a, pro a proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And I want to pause here real quick and remind you that your background does not prohibit or preclude you from being used by God. God can, God will, and God will do whatever and use whomever God decides to use for his glory. So can I just encourage somebody, don't count yourself out. But that's another sermon for another Sunday. Let me get back. Let me get back to what I've been tasked to do. Listen, listen, Paul, our dear brother Paul, his overall objective in the letter to the Ephesians was to remind these Gentile and Jewish believers that maturity comes not from works, but from understanding God's plan for their life, both communally and individually. These believers needed to understand that it was the grace, the unmerited favor of God that allowed them to operate in the calling God had on their lives. And let me make another commercial break right here. Make sure you understand that you can work all day in the church. You can be on the setup team, break it down, uh, bring it back up. But listen, listen, listen. If you haven't had a Romans 10, 9 experience where you declare with your mouth, Lord, uh, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised you from him from the dead, then your labor is in vain. There has to be a relationship with Christ to have a revelation of your purpose. However, let me keep on going because it's here in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2 that I came to press my claim to really press in this morning during the sermon series of identity and to remind each and every one of you under the sound of my voice that you are a piece of work. In order for you to know that you are God's masterpiece, first you have to understand that God created you on purpose. In other words, God created you with divine intentionality. Part of spiritual maturity is knowing who you are and the purpose God has for you. Verse 10, part A reads, for we are God's masterpiece. As I was reading the text, the word masterpiece or workmanship, depending on the translation you desire, immediately jumped out to me, y'all. I'm a curious person. And so I said, okay, okay, why would Paul want us to know that we are a masterpiece? We are workmanship of God. So I decided to dig a little deeper. So I went to the Greek and I said, okay, what does this word masterpiece mean? And it comes back as poema, which means what is made workmanship creation. And it's even where we derive the English word for poem. Essentially, we are God's poem or essentially we're God's poetry in motion. Sit with that for a moment, y'all. You are God's poem. Recently, as I was reflecting on purpose, I came across a story in Forbes magazine about a, name, by, about a man named Tom Hell. You see, in 2014, Hell's company, Backroads, a leader in active travel experience, was estimated to top $100 million in revenue. Having started this company from the ground up, Hell admitted that he worked hard with little to no return in the beginning. An interview, Hale said, when I finally figured out the purpose for my company, I no longer work for money, but work to bring unique travel experiences to as many people as I could. And like Hale, you too need to know you are created on purpose. Whether you are one or 101, God created every person in this room with divine intentionality. 
God selected your hair color, your eye color, your hair texture, the shape of your frame. In fact, in Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14, the word says, God formed you in your mother's room for you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and my soul knows it very well. Someone is sitting here this morning struggling with self-worth, validation and affirmation because you were told that nobody will want you. You wouldn't amount to anything. No one will ever want or desire to be with you or has ever even wanted to be in your presence. But child of God, child of the most high, I came to dispel that rumor and dismantle that myth. God created you with intention and has a plan for your life. God created you to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender and not the borrower. My sisters and my brothers, people of the most high God, you were created to be the hands and feet of God here in the earth to share your story and to tell a dying world, living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever, and one day, our Savior is coming back, oh glorious day. Beloved, you are a piece of work because you were created on purpose. Is there anybody here that can talk back to me and say, I know I was created on purpose? Hey, Amen, y'all. Listen, listen, I can't stop there. I can't stop there. Not only do you have to know that this text tells you that you were created on purpose, but the Apostle Paul goes on to point out that you were created to be productive. In other words, just you got to work, y'all. We got to work. When we come Sunday after Sunday and through, all throughout the week, we should be actively engaging in our community, in our faith. To be productive is to have the ability to achieve or produce a significant amount or result. Now, allow me to take it back to verse 9. Paul reminds us that we're not saved by works, but Paul is reminding us in verse 10 that we can work and be productive because of the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us Long ago, when Jesus died and rose again, we too were raised with Christ out of our sin-sick soul. And now the works we do are not for ourselves or about ourselves, but the result of the work of God in us. Bible scholar um, Adam Clark writes, he says, we are not saved for our good works, yet we are saved that many may perform good works to the glory of God and the benefit of people. When I think of work, I think of recent Texas Southern Thurgood Marshall School of Life graduate, Aisha Champs. You see, you may have read about Champs' story. She, uh, she went viral because she had a graduation photo. And in this photo, she's in her uh, cap and gown. She's in her graduation regalia with her five children with a sign that says, I did it. And though smiling and celebrating this momentous occasion in her life, she had to overcome many obstacles to reach that Kodak moment. You see, Champs is the single mother of five children who was left alone due to the untimely death of her children's father and others in her support system. Devastated, heartbroken, and suicidal, Champs was prepared to throw in the towel. But however, she took a phone call with her pastor, and it was during this phone call that her pastor encouraged her to go back to school. 
And can I tell you that Miss Champs, three degrees later, is now working to pass the bar exam and continue her work as a lawyer. Like Champs, you too may find yourself dealing with devastation, heartbreak, people that said, I'm there for you, flaked out on you. You may find yourself thinking, Lord, can I do this? And I just stopped by this morning from I-35 to let you know that whatever God has called you to, you are called, you are capable, you are loved, you are more than enough, and don't allow your circumstances to tell you otherwise. Come on and talk back to me. I guess it's sounding all right this morning. We have to understand y'all we have all been through some stuff is, is it safe to say am I among some folks that got some testimonies in the house you look good this Sunday which y'all look great praise God but you've been through some stuff can, can we keep it real I told y'all I went through ordination and I was being treated for postpartum depression and then I stood before the very people who laid hands on me and said, just so you know, you have just ordained a woman dealing with depression and suicidal ideations. But can I tell you, if God can use me, someone who deals with mental health challenges, that God can use you regardless of what your challenge is? Time out for discounting yourself. I'm kind of going off the manuscript, but I feel like somebody needs to hear this. You are more than enough. Everything that you've gone through is part of your story to get to your destiny. God is not through with you yet. Don't let people tell you otherwise. You've been through too much in your life to allow naysayers and people that don't pay your bills, don't know your mortgage or your rent, to tell you what you can and cannot be. As long as the word of God says you are everything, then you can do all things with Christ who strengthens you. Listen, y'all, life is going to get tough, but don't give up. In fact, keep on praying, keep on believing, keep hope alive and know that if God brought you to it, God will see you through it. Let me just keep, the, let me keep it real this morning and life gets tough. You have to encourage yourself and say, I will be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that, in that, knowing that in the Lord, my labor is not in vain. And if the work, if you find yourself saying, Lord, this work is hectic as it sometimes will, take a step back, regroup, recuperate, refocus, and keep moving forward because there is work that has to be done. You are part of a faith community who's doing great works right here in the city of Austin, and your church needs you. But you, they need you, but you got to understand that the works that you're doing is not about you, but it's about the God in you. But let me keep going. Let me keep going. Not only are you, are, not only are you created to be productive, not only are you created to be productive, but finally, finally, in verse 10, part C, Pastor Zach, the Apostle Paul wants us to know that you are a piece of work because you are created with purpose. You're created with a purpose. Verse 10, the very latter part of the verse says, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Here, Paul is reaching back to a point he previously made just a chapter over in Ephesians 1 verse 4, where he instructs the Ephesians that God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. Paul is using the language of Israel's election as God's people. However, he is now applying this concept of election to all people. 
Paul was inclusive in this language. Essentially, God created each and every one of us with a purpose, a purpose to work and complete the good things set out for you. God created you with a purpose, ultimately to live your life in such a way that in all you do, your life points back to God, the ultimate creator. As I was reflecting on purpose, I couldn't help but think of the 2002 critically acclaimed work of Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church, A Purpose-Driven Life. And in his, in his book, A Purpose-Driven Life, Pastor Warren declares that you cannot fulfill God's purpose for your life while focusing on your own plans. This simple yet profound statement speaks to what Paul is saying in the latter part of verse 10. God prepared you and ordained you the plans for your life before you even had an idea. Someone needs to know God designed, manufactured, and implemented a plan for your life long before you were inspired to pursue your dreams and aspirations. God created you with a purpose. Before you were born, God created you in your mother's womb. Before anybody knew your name, God created you with purpose. Before you came to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, God has a purpose for you. And God has a plan so great that Paul declared in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So can we walk out of here today knowing that we can stand like Queen Esther? We can have courage courage like the three Hebrew boys. We can have confidence like Daniel. We can have wisdom like the prophet Deborah. We can have a heart for God like King David. We can be persistent like Hannah, offer compassion like Joseph, boldness like Jeremiah, faith like Noah. God has created you to be the best version of you. You were created with purpose. And if there's anybody here that knows God has a plan for your life, will you just holler back and hold your hand up and say, I know God created me with a purpose. You are not here on accident. It's no coincidence that God would have you here on this day at this time to remind you that you are created with a purpose. You know this is the place. Today is the day and now is the time for you to walk in your purpose, your God-given identity. You are more than a conqueror. You are victorious. You will win. You are somebody. We have to know that, y'all, that we are somebody. Listen, as I prepare to take my seat, I'm reminded of a man who lived in a small European city. And every day he would drag this large piece of stone in the middle of town square. And day in and day out, he would sit with a hammer and a chisel and he would chisel away at this stone until the sunset went down. And then he would drag the piece of stone back home. And every day he would do this day in and day out, chiseling on that piece of stone. And finally, one day somebody stopped him and said, sir, I have watched you for weeks and days on end, dragging this large piece of stone from your home to the middle of the court courtyard and then back to your house. Can you tell me exactly what you got going on? Because I, I don't understand it. And the man looked at the person and said, because he said, the reason why I do this is because inside this piece of stone is a masterpiece. 
and I'm just trying to release it. And that's all I came by to tell everybody this morning. Every single day, God keeps waking you up and allowing you to have breath in your body and a song on your heart. God is giving you everything you need for such a time as this because God is fully committed to releasing the masterpiece in each and every one of you. God is chiseling away the doubt and the fear and the frustration and the hurt and the pain and everything that has plagued you from being fully committed to what God is calling you to do. God is chiseling away frustration. God is chiseling away low self-esteem. God is chiseling away those past failures, current failures, your past challenges, current challenges. God is moving in such a way because there is greatness inside you and you and you and all of us in this room. There is untapped ability in you, but you have to know and you have the strength to keep on keeping on. You have to be patient with God just as God has been patient with you. You are a piece of work because God created you on purpose. God created you to be productive. God created you with a purpose. Restore Austin. God created you all with purpose. Remember, you are a church that locks arms with a community to help bring restoration to people and neighborhoods in your city and all around the world. Restore Austin. You all are a church that says you don't have anything, everything figured out, but you're on this journey of restoration through Jesus who loves people without prejudice or qualification. Restore is a place where you can be yourself, ask questions, and won't be pressured to conform to any stereotype. I know somebody know the vision and mission in here. Restore. You are living out what Paul is telling the people and what better place, what better faith community to be a part of who values you for who you are. If I remember correctly, I heard it said there's no prejudice, there's no pre-qualifications, but you can come and be who you are. What a beautiful place to allow the Word of God to chisel away everything, every predisposition, every notion that you had of yourself to say, you know what, God, here I am. Use me, your servant. Use me, God. Short hair, no hair, long hair, whatever, God. Short, tall, small, God, use me because I realize, I know without a shadow of doubt when I wake up in the morning that I am yours, God. And because I am yours, I know that you know me. You calculated the number of hairs on my head and those that have already fallen out. God, I am your piece of work. Lord, you created me to dream dreams and have aspirations. Lord, you created me to be productive and to work hard. Lord, you handcrafted me. You sculpted me. You predestined and designed me with purpose in mind because I am a piece of work. You are a piece of work. And even though you are in the process, even though we're in the process of being redefined, refilled, and renewed because of the God that lives within each and every one of you, God has a purpose in in your life and on your life and you can say without a shadow of doubt even when God's work is finished I am a piece of work and you can declare that because you are God's masterpiece will you pray with me our Lord and our God thank you for this opportunity to worship you this morning Thank you that it is through our God-given identity that even on those days where we feel challenged, even on those days where people say things about us that may not be true, God, that we know that we are your greatest creation. 
Now, God, I pray that you would be with each and every one of my sisters and brothers, every person that's here. God, remind them that you created them for good works. Remind them that, that they are your hands and feet here on the earth. God, remind them that you are not through with them yet. And allow them to walk out of here with a holy boldness, a holy confidence to share with others your grace, your goodness, and your mercy. Lord, thank you that we are your masterpiece. We are your workmanship. Lord, we are created in your image. And because of that, there is no lack. There is abundance in you. Lord, because we are formed in your image, when we look in the mirror, we can say we are loved, we are more than enough, and we are created with greatness. Because God, everything that you do is great. So Lord, thank you. Thank you, dear God, for this reminder, not only this morning, but throughout this entire sermon series of our identity in you. And Lord, allow us to walk out of here knowing that we are a piece of work. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we seal this prayer. Amen, amen, and amen.